When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the first hour, we do have the lines open. And uh, for Midday Manus, you can just talk uh, the weekend sport, really. Uh, I'd love to hear from Warriors fans. Um, good chance to, to relish in the win. And now that we're two days on, you might, might have some more, I don't know, um, I want to say reasoned thoughts, but the motion's been taken out of the win now. And you may have some thoughts on how the game transpired, maybe some of the calls that were made. Um, I know Cowboys fans are a bit... Uh, disappointed with some of the bunker decisions and some of the uh, captain's challenges. Very interesting weekend in the NRL as well. A couple of big upsets. Uh, Manly beating Melbourne was the big one. But then the Knights nearly getting up over Penrith. That was a big surprise. So Nathan Cleary hitting a field goal in uh, Golden Point extra time. I actually read an interesting article on Channel 9 around how Golden Point should work like it does in the NFL and a team should get a chance to attack back if they haven't received the ball. I thought that was quite an interesting discussion. But if you want to talk some NRL and the Warriors, you can give us a call 0800 and we can talk uh, some Super Rugby if you like. Uh, we can talk some, some NBL, some NBA. Um, just whatever's taking your fancy over the weekend. We like doing that on a Monday. Um, so 0800 150 Midday Manus. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Yeah, Owen Hudson, one five zero eight eleven. Would love to get your thoughts on uh, the phone line before the next hour. Ken just sent an early text in here that says, uh, "Sam, the Chiefs look good, but long way to go." My highlights of the season: Rico, four more years with NZR and Blues, massive deal. Good to see the Warriors doing well. My boys battling. Cheers, Ken. Ken's a big Dragons fan, and uh, yeah, they unfortunately went down to the Raiders, twenty points to fourteen, and their season very much um, in the doldrums, as it were, and a lot of pressure on Anthony Griffin, the coach. Um, ben Hunt, a few of those senior players in there. So I feel for you, Kent, as a Dragons fan and as a Warriors fan, we've all been there. Um, in terms of Rico Ioana, yeah, interesting deal, wasn't it? Four years sort of follows in line with uh, Takiaho, who who signed the four-year deal as well, which may be the new sort of norm as New Zealand rugby looks to lock in these players for longer periods of time. In the past, we've sort of seen these one, two-year deals as players try and weave in a sabbatical year before a World Cup or um, just a year away to get a bit more cash. And now they're locking themselves in for the full four years. So I bet it's costing NZR a lot of money. Um, for Rico Ioane, it's probably costing him uh, opportunities overseas, but good on him for staying in New Zealand. I, I mean, I don't know where um, people, I guess, see Rico Ioane in terms of um, his influence on the All Blacks at the moment. I think resounding sentiment is that he's still working to become that world-class centre that he wants to be. Um, he's in the past been guilty of perhaps not passing the ball as much as he should. Um, I know he was sort of getting better towards the back end of last year and I haven't kept an eye on the Blues in 2023, but um, Ken, maybe you can let me know how, how Rico's game is growing, but um, yeah, four more years for the All Blacks shows that he is going to be around for quite a bit longer. Um, is there anyone, I guess, alongside him that 
could kick him out of the All Blacks. I know there's a, a couple of young centres coming through, and particularly uh, a couple with the Chiefs that are looking very dangerous with uh, Anton Leonard Brown on the sideline still. Uh, but he is only a couple of weeks away. 0800 150 uh, if you want to give us a call. And uh, look, we can talk Warriors as well um, after a great win against the Cowboys. And yeah, with the Warriors season, um, I'd love to get your thoughts on how you thought they were going to go before round one. Because personally, I uh, I had them maybe winning three of their first 10 or so games. I thought... Uh, games against the Knights are winnable. Games against the Bulldogs are winnable. But when I saw Cowboys, when I saw Storm, and I saw Panthers, when I saw uh, Sharks and the Roosters, I thought, look, those are just games that are probably going to be out of the grasp of a team that, you know, is only, what, six months, eight months removed from finishing 15th in the comp last year, second to last. I just thought it was probably too big a task. But here they are sitting in third position at the moment. Um, They're on 10 points, two points behind the Broncos in first, five wins and two losses in their first seven games. And given how the NRL was going, they were a real chance to to stay in the top eight. So um, would love a Warriors fan's calls to to let me know how excited you are for the the next few games ahead, the big games too against the Storm, uh, the Panthers and the Roosters again before we play the Bulldogs and and head into the bye. Um, And a sold-out Mount Smart pretty much on Saturday afternoon. Is that going to continue for the rest of the season? Creates a great buzz uh, around the city and around the team. Uh, we'll go to the phone lines, 0800 150 and uh, caller number one, as he always is, Zaid on the line. G'day, Zaid. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, licking each other's lips. What's that, licking each other? <laughs> yes. Oh, I'll take that one on the turn, though, to be honest, Zaid. There was a lot of chat around the office this morning and people wanting to uh, to replay it out on here. So for those that missed it, we might go and try and find it if we can, but for those that missed it, a bit of a commentary gaff on uh, on Saturday. The uh, the Warriors knocked the ball on, Zaid, and I was supposed to say um, they're patting each other on the back and licking their lips, and instead I said they're yeah. patting their backs and licking each other's lips. So <laughs> I don't think they were I don't I think they were quite happy with the call, but uh but you enjoyed the game on uh, on Saturday night, Zate? Yeah, I was there. I loved the game. Um, you know, great atmosphere. Um I don't wanna say it, but um I wouldn't be surprised if one day that um contemporary uh, scaffolding did fall down. They go they go pretty hard. Oh, you mean at the south end there, yeah. It's, yeah, um, yeah, the selfie, I was sitting in that end, and it's just going pretty hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, once they get the feet stomping, it does sway from side to side. Yeah, um, yeah look, they're tracking but, um, well, They're tracking well, Zayd, and, and, and a great crowd as well, 24,500, yeah. I think it was in the end. Um, so, um, for me, uh, Josh Curran's playing playing the house down again. Mm. He's loving it. Back in the team, um, great to see Tohu Harris out there. Uh, good game at seven. I mean, sorry, um, six. Yep. Uh, next to Sean Johnson, um, but for me, how did you? How did both teams knock the ball on that much? There was not one drop of rain. Mm. I don't know what was up with both teams handling. And um, Chad, Chad Townsend had a shocker of a game. Um, and like you said, what was it? Twenty-five to sixteen percent. Um, the Roosters, the Rabbit, uh, Cowboys had, and I think um, it's going to be a long year for the Cowboys this year. And um, Toddy Payton, and I can't see any make the top eight the way they're going right now. Mm. They look, they look terrific in that game. Yeah, I tell the you, Warriors gave, the Warriors gave them so many chances. If they were a good team, they would have capitalized on that. That's probably the thing, um, Zaid. Me and Kippy talked about it in the commentary as well. Um, you know, it had had the Warriors coughed up that much possession against a team like the Panthers, we might have been looking at a different story. Credit to the defense; that definitely stuck uh, stuck true. But just on the Cowboys' attack, they they look so clunky. The the hallmark of their attack in twenty twenty two was 
Tommy Dearden, Scott Drinkwater, Chad Townsend to, to Val Holmes and Jeremiah Nanai and, and obviously the two wingers and, and uh, Ta- uh, Murray Taolangi and, um, and Kyle Felt. And just the fluency of, of the attack last year was, was fantastic. They look clunky this year and we quite often observed on Saturday night they were only one quick pass away from totally exploiting the Warriors on the edge, but they just they were just a little bit slow. Guys like Kossi and Montoya fly up quickly and just shut off the attack. Once again, credit to the defence, but um, yeah, the Cowboys attack. You, like you said, you'd be very worried worried as a as a Cowboys fan in twenty twenty two, uh, twenty twenty three. Sorry, and um, yeah, I think um, Andrew Webster said after the game. The Warriors only missed 17 tackles across the entire game, and considering how much time the Cowboys spent in the final sort of danger zone, 17 missed tackles is, is a heck of an effort from the Warriors, and I think the Cowboys missed 50. I think I'm right in saying they missed 50. Something along those lines anyway. Um, what about, uh, how do you compare that atmosphere, Zade? I know you're a massive Blues fan, and uh, you go to most of the games at Eden Park. How do, you, how do, the, how do the atmospheres compare from a, from a Warriors game to a Blues game? Yeah, it's definitely a lot more louder. And um, on one other thing, quickly before I go, yeah, I, I think I think if we play well and don't knock on too much ball, we can beat the Storm. I watched them against Manly the other night. They just you say the Cowboys look misfiring. The Storm don't look like they used to look last year. I think that losing Kenny and Jesse Bromwich, they don't underestimate it. You know mm. how big a losses they are, and um, I don't know. They're not firing. They looked horrible against the Seagulls. Trevojevic, like you, you look at the game week before. Panthers hammered the Seagulls. Um, you would have bought for all money if you put money on Storm. They should have won, but they weren't easy. They weren't an easy bet uh, on the TAB. I had them, but they, of course they lost. And then you thought Panthers would have hammered um, the Knights, but the Knights are actually looking pretty decent. Yeah, like they, I think they're building on the momentum after that win against the Warriors, and yeah, nearly, nearly, nearly knocked over the um, Panthers. And something about Lil Why the hair pull. Apparently, everyone's. Going off about that, I don't know what, you, what they're meaning, but apparently his hair got pulled. Yeah, no, it got pulled by um, Tyson Frizzell. And I actually agree with um, Gordon Tallis, who I think made a comment on Australian Radio this morning. And he said, look, if you're going to wear your hair um, down below where your uniform is, then it's part of your uniform. So if, you, if your hair's over your collar, down on the back of your shirt, it's part of your uniform. Gordon Tallis said, had uh, that, that tackle that he made in Origin you know, years ago, and he said, look, if a guy had long hair, I would have been penalised because I basically grabbed him by the by the scruff of the neck. So I, I sort of agree, if Jerome Luai is going to have the long hair and he's not going to tie it up and he's going to have it hanging down by his collar, it's probably going to get pulled. And I think it's that's just part of it. You don't, you know, it's, it's almost like a penalty reserved for people with long hair. <laughs> but anyway, Zaid, we got we got to crack on. Love your thoughts, yeah. and uh, thank you. Yeah, I agree with um, with your th- uh, with your sentiment about the uh, the uh, the storm next week. I think they're right for the picking, or next Tuesday, right for the picking because um, that manly defence is, to my mind, one of the worst in the comp at the moment. And the storm didn't take advantage of that at all. I was very surprised. I thought it was going to be an easy win for the storm. So yeah, I think the Warriors are in a great position to take them down next Tuesday. Darren calling from over in Aussie. Okay, mate. Hey, hey, Sammy, how are you? Very well, my friend. How are you? Good. I was just wondering if you could do me a favour. Yes, absolutely. If you could pop down to Sky Stadium and just pull all the circuit breakers out permanently. <laughs> Is that all right? Can you do that for me? Yeah. What, get rid of the lights, you think? Oh, a good day rugby. Yeah. I, you see the crowd there? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a wounded Hurricane supporter, but it looked like the crowd were having a great old time. Yeah. I think, Darren... Um, 
there was a lot of criticism around the move from 7pm to 2pm because of the club rugby that was going on at the time. But the, the overwhelming sentiment, and it's always annoyed me about New Zealand rugby, is the fans crying out for daytime rugby. Like, you'd much rather, on a 2 o'clock on a Saturday, sit in, you know, sort of the, the sun beaming down over, over Sky Stadium than you would sitting at 7.30 at night when it's cold, it's windy, the food's expensive. You know what I mean? The daytime rugby just makes more sense, especially for families. Oh, 100%. But even if you're, you can go catch the rugby and then go out for dinner afterwards or, you know, go go catch up with friends, you, yeah. your whole day's open. Yeah. Whereas at 7.30, your whole day, everything's done, you know? Yeah. No, so I was, couldn't agree more. Yeah, and, and, and you know, good crowd as well, like 16,500. I wasn't expecting that much. Like, obviously, it wasn't as much as when you look at the, the rugby league, the Warriors. But, you know, given the circumstances and given, uh, like like we said, the club rugby people went there, I thought it was actually still a good crowd. 16,500 looked good on TV as well. They, um, you know, they parked them all on one side, which they tend to do. Um, but it did sort of help create a bit of an atmosphere. Top of the table clash, good rugby. Chiefs win. Yeah. Happy days. Oh, well, it wasn't. It was, it was a good first half. <laughs> <laughs> two halves in the game. No, it just showed the class of the Chiefs. I, I thought the Hurricanes just tried too hard. They tried to, you know, the, the Chiefs just forced them into a lot of errors. A lot, sort of, they tried to be a bit too frantic. Yeah, well, the, 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 but, set, um, piece, the set piece really let the, the Hurricanes down, didn't it, in that second half, particularly the line out. Um, and yeah. I think the Chiefs, that they're just showing this year that they, almost like the Crusaders, aren't they, in the fact that whilst they won't lead uh, the positional territory stats, they just capitalise on the errors. I mean, really, they, they scored three or four tries from just Hurricanes' mistakes um, as opposed yeah. to, you know, really building an attack. So um, they're going to be that team this year, the Chiefs. You know, you make mistakes, you get punished. Oh, they're good to watch. And... What a great game to watch. I mean, it lived up to the hype, yep. um, which is what I, I enjoyed. And I thought the ref, though, was a bit... He just didn't... He didn't know when he had the team had advantage. He did it for both teams. It was really weird. Hmm. Um, like, he, he'd have his arm out and put it down. And I remember a couple of times, Adi Savi went over and said, mate, I, we didn't know we had advantage. <laughs> <laughs> just forgot <laughs> to tell us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Advantage is, yeah, it's always um, a funny one for me, Darren. You obviously know that I'm a, I'm a big rugby league fan. I find it funny in rugby how just how long advantage does get played. I know it's a, it's a very hot topic, you know, of how long you should you should let it play and some refs let it go for longer and other refs don't. But I don't know why it can't just be as simple as, particularly with knock-ons, right? If you get the ball back, that's basically the advantage over. I know what the idea is, is that off oh, it's knocked on, you know, on the halfway line, you go back five metres, then technically you've lost five metres. But I just think in, in, in order to clear up confusion and speed up the game, why don't you just say, if you've got the ball back, then that the sort of a, the advantage of the knock-on has been negated anyway. Um, I know well, they couldn't even say you, you get two tackles. You know, seven yeah, well, tackles, yep. over. It doesn't matter how much ground you've made. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Just so, any, way to, are, any way to make yeah. it, you know, clear and, you know, and, and speed it up, I think is a good thing, so... Well, I think consistent is the word we all love yeah. when it comes to refing, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah, and that's but, um, um and, right. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Appreciate you call, Darren. That that's um one thing that Kempi and I um have talked about with the rugby league and the obstruction rule. Now, a lot of people hate the rule, um, and I know Kempi gets fired up about it as well. But the credit I will give to the NRL is that it's it's totally black and white. So you run through the line, you take out a defender. That's it. Doesn't matter, you know. There's no mitigating circumstances or either, although sometimes they say, oh, you know, he was never going to get there. But it's black and white. And so while it's frustrating that it, it's ruled, you know, the way it is, it, it's there's no confusion. People know it straight away. It's an obstruction. It'll get called back. Um, and it's as easy as that. Uh, we've got to take a break here. Uh, it is twenty coming up 25 minutes past 12. Uh, spare lines if you want. 0800 150 11. Can talk about anything on the weekend as well. 
there's some Premier League fans out there. If there's some Arsenal fans out there, squeaky bum time with a two-all draw with West Ham. That has uh, allowed Man City to come within four. They've got a game in hand as well. And then, of course, the two teams meet. Is it next weekend, Kez? Next weekend, Arsenal-Man City meet. And it's basically a final, isn't it? Because the winner of that's going to go on. So if you're an Arsenal fan, I'd love to hear from you and uh, how the nerves and the heart rate are. Or if you're a City fan, how uh, excited are you to try and chase them down? 0800 150 Midday Man is here on Afternoons with Staffy. Back in a moment. Starting on the 40, the Warriors. The tap from Montoya. And it's dropped by Jackson Ford. Right off the restart. And the Cowboys are patting each other on the back and licking each other's... Well, licking not each other's lips, but licking their own <laughs> lips. And I tell you what, they didn't even is have that, to is do that anything. The, is that on the Christmas they didn't Is even, that on the Christmas Day? Oh, it will be. They didn't even have to do anything. They just watched Jackson Ford... Can <laughs> someone turn the lights off? Sammy's gone red. Walk right into that. Oh, that's why we're on radio, folks. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Oh, there you go. That was from the commentary call on uh, Saturday night. Got to, got to be able to laugh at yourself, don't you? Kimpy made a gash, uh, gash, a gaff um, about twenty seconds later, which I'll also put on the Christmas tape. There's a lot of Tony Kemp in the Christmas tape, people. There is a lot of Tony Kemp in the Christmas tape, um, including a voice message he sent to me yesterday on the golf course where he asked me to get Sean Metcalf on the show this week. So, uh, <laughs> oh, Kimpy, there's. I have a folder specifically for Kimpy which will get bought out at the end of the year at the Christmas show. Um, I can't wait for that. A couple of texts that are coming on, double eight, double three. Ken says, uh, Sam Rico's getting better with every outing at 13. Just the speed sets apart him apart from most, and he hardly ever is injured. He will become our finest 13 of all time. That's from Ken. Um, and another text, unknown text, says, people need to realise that Sky that want night rugby, they get more viewers at night on TV, and that's what Sky is all about. They don't care about how many fans are there. They are in the business of broadcasting. Night rugby is here to stay. I, I, obviously, that is the, that is the reason why night rugby is preferred as, as for the broadcast audience. However, I still think um, interest in the game is driven by what people see uh, at the ground. So you see a full crowd on TV, you want to go to the game, you get this atmosphere, you get the interest building. It probably leads to more people watching in general on TV. I, I take the Warriors as, as an example. I think um, the more people get behind the Warriors, the more momentum it builds, and suddenly everyone's talking about them, everyone's watching them, people are going to the games, people watching on TV. Um, so I think it's sort of like a it works in both ways. No, I mean, I have no interest to watch a game where there's no crowd. I saw uh, you know when COVID came around and, and the Premier League in particular um, had no crowds and, and had these sort of fake noise in the background, it just become a really weird watch. Um, I think you know TV needs people at the ground to help create the sense of atmosphere for those that aren't there. Um, but I do take your point, and I do think that you, that is why we don't see a lot of daytime rugby as the preference on on the nighttime games. Uh, take a break for news, sport, and weather. Plenty of uh, plenty of time still to have a chat on the phone if you want. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Rubini on the booth, actually an Arsenal fan, so I'm going to ask him about uh, his sides. Not, I'm going to say fall from grace yet, Rubinho. Still plenty of games to say play. Say it with chest, uh, I'm not going to say it yet, uh, but we'll talk to Rubinho uh, after news, sport and weather. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Running midday madness through until one o'clock. Staffy away this week, so uh, Sammy Hewitt sitting in the chair through until four o'clock. We got Scott on the line from Wellington. G'day, Scott. Hey, Sammy. How you going? Very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, just want to say another good call by yourself and Kimpy on the weekend. Um, Thanks, mate. Very fun. Very funny at times as well. <laughs> I, I, I had a had a good laugh and. Uh, 
Yeah, no, it was probably good I was the only one home at the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, very good commentary. And um, I've got to say, I, I think I do um, exactly what Steph does as well. You know, mute the TV, wait till you guys are at the points and then uh, have it through you guys running through the radio. Oh, um, mate, too, too, so. too, too kind, but, but uh, awesome, to have you, awesome to have you listening and, and having a laugh as well. Yeah, um, just want to say with the Warriors as well, you know, another another great two points. I mean, um, you know, it, it wasn't the best vintage performance or anything. Um, still a lot of mistakes that we do need to work on. But, you know, previous years, were the what, the 20, 25 minutes of the end of the first half with the Cowboys basically on top of us that whole time, previous years we, we would have been down. Mm. Um, but, you know, the, the defence just keeps remaining strong and, you know, the, I mean, the fitness levels you can see are, are brilliant, and that's that's part of the reason. You know, the defence is going well because we're not um, making those mistakes we've done in the past on defence because we're not fatiguing at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it'll be obviously a step up again this weekend uh, going over to face the storm, and, and and to me, I think that is the ultimate test of the season because we have always struggled with that Anzac Day game. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, this year we can be a lot more competitive in that game and uh, hopefully the Storm played like they did against, uh, was it Manly, on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, no, absolutely. Very very big test indeed, I think. Um, it's, with, we, with every week I'm sort of saying it's a bit of a litmus test. I think the Storm is a big one for those reasons that you've outlined. Obviously the Panthers is going to be another big one and then when we come up against the Broncos, who, who are the team of the comp at the moment, um, you know, I think we're going to get a good idea of where the Warriors sit. I still, probably to your point, Scott, with the with the errors and, and the discipline as well, we're still giving away those piggyback penalties off the off the back of yep. points or, or sort of a team coming out of their own end. Um, you know, those things sort of still have me thinking. Okay, maybe we're not quite that top four side yet. We're going to give some teams a, a few headaches and we're going to snatch a few results. But don't forget, and I think I'm right in saying this. We'll have to wait until tomorrow, Teamless Tuesday. But I think I'm right in saying Mitch Barnett due back this week. Maratini Akora coming off suspension this week. Braden Williami potentially starting this back this week and Wade Egan back. So, I mean, that is four massive ins uh, for the Warriors ahead of the Storm should they all come back. And, um, you know, yeah. the, te- the team's done well without them, but throw them back in, I think they're going to go to another level. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that as well. And and that's, that's where the test will come because you give away those penalties against, you know, the likes of the Roosters and the Panthers and the Broncos, they will be the teams that will punish you. So, yeah. you know, we do need to cut that out. But, I mean, um, obviously, yeah, um, especially Wade Egan coming back this week. I mean, Dylan Walker did a good job. Um, and I know he's played there in the past for Manly, but he has put on a bit more size to when he was playing in that position previously. Um, you know, just, just getting a proper hooker back in there with Wade Egan and, and just his vision as well. Yeah. Um, and just this crisp, crisp passing as well. And and one thing I think we did um, get out of this game as well is, I'm pretty certain I'm right, the, the previous six games we considered a try in the first six minutes in all of them. So, um, you know, for, for once it was us getting that fast start and, and then going a bit slow after that. Yeah, I, uh, I know Andrew Webster made a joke about that in the press conference. I think one of the first questions he said, well, we started well. And <laughs> had a laugh, which was good. <laughs> he could have a laugh, Scotty. Um, what's uh, w- which game are you coming up for, mate? I know, you, I know, you're going to come up for one of them, or you're going to head up to Napier or something. Surely you're going to get to a game in 23. Yeah, I'm definitely looking at the Napier Napier one. Um, and then it's just a uh, it's just a matter of hopefully getting up to Auckland at, uh, at some point. I mean, I would love to have got up uh, for the Cowboys because I do enjoy watching the Cowboys play. Mm. Um, I I don't off the top of my head. Have we got Melbourne over the side, do you know, as well? 
Um, do we have Melbourne home? I'm not sure if we do, actually. I think we just play them the once. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not sure if we do. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll definitely be looking at one of those those top teams to get up. And, I mean, I, if I could, I'd be up there every week. It's it's just the way of the world, unfortunately, now you can't, yeah. can't do that. Yeah. So, nah. Especially with the uh, price of uh, plane tickets and that these yeah. days. No, I, I feel you for sure, um, Scotty. Mate, appreciate your call as always, my friend. Um, yeah, enjoy. We've got a tent. Oh, what? A week, eight days before that next game uh, against the Storm next Tuesday. So uh, enjoy that one when it does come around. 0800 150 if you want to jump aboard the phone lines. A couple of texts that have come in here. Rory uh, says, who's the ref for the Dogs versus Eels game yesterday? Butler? Is it uh, Chris Butler? Is he Kempe's half-brother? I'm not sure where that... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, Rory. I, uh, yeah, I didn't actually... I um, only caught the first half of the Dogs-Eels game, so I don't know, I'm assuming... Um, were there some bad calls or something, kids, or am I missing something here? No, I think it's just making a reference to if Tony Kemp was a bloody referee oh, or no, okay, what kind of sure. calls he would be making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kempy loves the calls, giving um, cards out to Sean Metcalf. Um, a couple of texts here on Ken's point about Rico Iwani. Um, a few of them I won't read out, Ken. I'll just say that they heavily disagree with you, although Brad says, Ken, 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 you're saying that Rico will be better than Conrad Smith, Tana, Take a look, a good hard look at yourself, mate. So there you go. That comes in from Brad. Uh, 0800 150 if you want to jump on Midday Manus. You can talk the Warriors. We can talk Super Rugby, talk the Premier League, as I mentioned before. Arsenal dropping points to West Ham. Man City, four points behind, game in hand. Squeaky bum time for Gunners fans. My Leicester City in, rele- in the uh, relegation fight as well. That uh, I trust they'll get out. Yeah, my man. My, sorry, my Leicester City. Did I say Man City? No, I said Leicester City, didn't I? My Leicester, I'd never say Man City. Um, Simon has called in from Hamilton. G'day, Simon. How's things, Sam? All right? I'm doing well, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Um, yeah, obviously everybody keeps telling you guys are calling the game pretty awesome, and you are, so well done. Thanks, mate. Um, no, appreciate all that all that feedback. You never get enough of it, eh, when it's going good? Yep. It's a lot easier, hey, to, call, um, a lot easier to call when they're winning, Simon, I'll tell you that. <laughs> 100%. A um, couple of things. I think everybody's missing a little um, a little gem in our side at the moment. And when when the young Lussick fella comes on or comes into the team, we don't lose a heck of a lot when he's playing, eh? Mm. Wade Egan's our premier hooker, up, but that Lussick, man, he goes pretty good for a little fella. No, I think you're right, Simon. I, I, th- I mean, look, Wade Egan definitely adds another dimension to the team. But the, the, the key, I think... Um, feature of 2023 for the Warriors is that they've lost a couple of very big names but the guys that have come in have done a fantastic job at the very least with you know holding it down I mean you like I said Lusick is not going to break a game open like Egan does but he's doing a fantastic job I think you're right I think he's, he's severely underrated at the moment yeah oh, well when, when he's come in he's two for two so he's unbeaten so that's, that's something yep. in his head. but um also, uh, there was something else I wanted to say. Should I forgot about it now. But just on Rico Iwani signing, pretty good signing, really. And he's only going to be 29, and the world's still going to be his oyster after the next World Cup, you know. So True. People are he's much maligned, and, and I sometimes don't have a lot of time for him. But um, I hope he goes well. Yeah, no, nah, you're right, Simon. He's uh, he's a bit of a polarising figure, but uh, I think it's exciting because, like you said, he's young. You know, it, it's um, it's not like we're signing a veteran to another four years. Although, you know, he's got a lot of experience, but yeah, he's still young. He's still going to be young when he finishes up. So, uh, hope hopefully, Ken's right. He keeps going from strength to strength because um, he obviously going to be a massive part of the All Black side at this uh, at this World Cup, mate. I appreciate the call as always, Simon. Simon there from Hamilton. Uh, Leroy's called in from Gizzy. G'day, Leroy. 
Okay, good afternoon, Sammy. Hey, um, Webby was saying this morning on the breakfast show that um, uh, Wayne Egan will be back in and Martin in the quarter. And he said Mitch Barnett um, still going to be a few weeks away. Okay. Yeah, no, I'd seen, I had seen on the um, casualty ward on NRL.com that they're expecting him back round eight. But, uh, yeah, no, that makes sense if they're, if they're just going to hold off for a couple more weeks. Mm. Now, Sammy, you know you're watching it live, right? Yep. Um, Bunty R4, he was my sort of best player, you know, last couple of years ago. But what's what do you, have you seen that's gone wrong with him so far, watching it live? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting question, Leroy. I mean, firstly... Um, Last week, Watto actually asked me about commentating the game. One thing I said to him is that I find I don't actually analyse the game as much when I'm calling it because you're so in the zone of obviously calling each play that you don't have that analytical eye that you sometimes usually do. I'll I'll sometimes go back and watch a game to, to sort of get a good read on it. But I guess just what I've seen from Bunty, um, his role's probably just a little bit different, right? So in the past, he, he, he can come on after 20 minutes and we know what he does sort of with those big storming runs off the back fence. I think it's probably more a defence of role for Bunty at the moment um, so if you look at his tackle count and what he's doing in the middle I think that's probably where his strength lies he's not taking the carries um, that I guess you, you might have been talking about in these previous years where he's sort of getting upwards of 100 plus metres a game he's he's limiting the runs focusing perhaps more on defence and maybe the, the idea from Webby is to give guys like Adam Fanua Blake a few more carries um, and, and get those backs you know to, to do a few of those yardage sets um, out of their own end. Um, so I don't think it's sort of, it's not panic stations with Bunty and I don't think he's, it's a form slump or anything like that. And remember as well that when Mitch Barnett comes back, he probably is going to go back into that propping role. Then you'll have Marata and Jackson Ford in the second row. Um, so in that case, Bunty will go back to, to being on the bench um, and playing the impact role. Um, but yeah, I, you, you're, you're certainly sharing a lot of sentiments that I've seen from a lot of fans as to you know why he hasn't had as much of an impact this year as he has in the past. And another thing, just one more thing, Timmy, the back five that we had with um, Dylan on the wing and um, Montoya in the centres, I like that. Uh, it's good, eh? That, yeah. You know, I think Montoya does something a bit different compared to Viliami, you know, being a young a young chap coming up through his thing. Um, yeah, I find Montoya's... Uh, could be the one that could be in there. Yeah, Montoya's got That's just... Got no, awesome, Leroy. Appreciate the call, mate. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, Marcelo has just that great um, speed and footwork. He showed that with that try set up with Ed Cossey, uh, which is... I love that in a centre in rugby league because I think it's one of the hardest positions to play in rugby league, both attacking and defensive-wise. Um, you've got to make a lot of good decisions, a lot of good reads, and I think Montoya had a great game. He does love to fly up out of the line, which uh, can cause trouble for the wingers, but he got it right. Uh, against the Cowboys, it's just you have to get those right. If you get those wrong, then you then you leave yourself stranded. But um, you know, I I really liked him in the centres. The question will be obviously, like you said, when when Willie Army comes back, um, you've got Montoya who can play in that centre role. You've got Pompey, um, you've got uh, Vilea who was booted out of the side uh, before kickoff, and then you look at the wingers. Dalmatinis Lizak is there space for him now? He didn't have the best first half, sort of bounce back in the second half, uh, but we know this kind of class that he's got, what he brings to the side. So. Yeah, there's funny enough, you know, headaches for Andrew Webster, which we haven't talked about in the last few <laughs> last few seasons. We've basically had a starting 13, and that's it. Got a much bigger squad to choose from, which is great for Warriors supporters. We'll take another break here on uh, ECNZ. We've got about 15 minutes to go before 1 o'clock. Like I said, after 1 o'clock, uh, Roger Randall out of the Chiefs is going to join us, talk about that win against the Hurricanes on Saturday. So uh, quarter, minute, uh, quarter to 1 here on ECNZ. We'll take a break. Be back in a sec. I want to talk about... Uh, 
door etiquette at some stage today. Big debate out in the office uh, this morning as to uh, who gives way when uh, opening a door, someone on the other side. Uh, is it the person who opens the door holding the handle? Is it the person who touches the handle first? Is it just common courtesy to always give way you know, it, it personally, your decision is always to give way whether you're on either side of the door. I want to know because I ran into a situation uh, with the bathrooms out here where I opened the door and the guy wanted me to go through, which meant that I had to go through and then hold the door afterwards. And it was an awkward position for me, um, sort of holding it up high. He had to go underneath the arm. Um, there's got to be some sort of rule here, people. And it's it split people in the office. So I'm going to have to get your thoughts as well on uh, on double eight double three. Uh, a few texts that have come in. Uh, Brendan says, Arvo Sammy, as a Mad Bronco supporter, we're looking good. Great to see Walsh so far playing to his potential in a good team. When we play the Waz or the Wowos in Napier, it's origin time and a bit of a bugger will be missing at least eight players. Brendan, I think the Broncos are the team of the comp at the moment. Um, yep, sure, a bit of a blip last week, but I think they are the team of the comp. They are playing the best footy. Reese Walsh, very, very exciting and, and good on him. It's good to see him going well. Um, you know, people always ask me, oh, you know, the Warriors let him go. He's so good. Shouldn't have let him go. And to an extent, it's like, yep, we'd love having um, a player playing like that in the Warriors. But, I mean, chance is doing a fantastic job in the role that he's in at the Warriors, which is just that solid, no mistakes, good defence, good uh, decision-making. That's what we really needed um, in 2023, and I think we've got uh, got it with chance. But, yeah, you're right, the, um, the Broncos, the problem with them all going so well is that a lot of them are going to be picked for origin. And uh, good for the Warriors, uh, but not so good for the Broncos fans. Origin's going to be a really interesting period this year too um, with some of those teams losing a lot of their key players. Mikey G says, uh, Rico will be one of the best centers of all time. Better than Joe Stanley, Frank Bunce, Marnotti. Wow, Ken, the Blues need you in the locker room at halftime to give them your Ted Lasso enthusiasm. Now, in Ken's defense, he sent a response saying, Sam, I am saying that he will become better than Smith & Co. He's got time on his side. So he's saying he's not going to necessarily be better than him. He's got time on his side, lots of potential. Um, he'll be different than a Kira. That is from Ken. We'll take one more break and come back with your texts and calls after that.